Good morning, beauties, and welcome to Aesthetic Chat with Kiki. Um, I'm your host, Kiana Gamble, and this is episode two of the podcast. I am so excited to have one of the OG nurse injectors in the aesthetic industry, Lovely Laban. Lovely has been injecting over 15 years. She is the owner and medical director of Skin by Lovely, and she has created Injection U, which is a great resource for all of you people trying to get into the aesthetic industry. She has multiple locations um, of Skin by Lovely with a few opening soon and she has amazing has an amazing reputation within the industry and i'm so excited for you guys to get to chat with her and just hear what she has to say about the aesthetic industry her story and just advice for future injectors good morning good morning well thank you so much for taking the time to get on the podcast i know you're such a busy woman and um it's nice to officially meet you i know i'm sorry i missed you when you were here but Wonderful to meet you as well. Yeah, so I wanted to just start out by, um, one, welcoming you to the podcast, and then two, I wanted you to start by just talking about your story and journey into aesthetics. I know that was so long ago. Um, I was doing a little research on you, and it looks like you've been injecting over 15 years. Is that correct? Yes, around 17 years. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I would love to hear your original journey, and then I want to just kind of talk about like the difference between when you had started in the aesthetic industry and then, you know, um, how it's different today and like your advice for people just trying to get into the industry now. Great. Well, um, you know, so when I started in, I, at 16, I wanted to be a nurse practitioner. That was always my goal. And I actually, in high school, became a nursing assistant. So I knew that was my path. My mom's a nurse and I wanted to actually study women's health And so I kind of went in that direction initially and then realized that that was not a great fit for me. And so I studied, um, I decided on gerontology, which is the study of aging and the elderly. And what I did was I started my nursing career in the ICU and brain trauma ICU at UCSF and then at UCLA. And I did that kind of as a a stepping stone, a bridge uh, while I started my master's program to be a nurse practitioner. And during that time, I, I thought, you know, my mom had just taken a class on Botox and injecting it and being certified. And it was a very new drug on the market. And people didn't really know how to inject it very well at that point. Um, but it sounded fun. She loved it. And she ended up never, she never pursued it, but she took this class and Um, It just piqued my interest. And so at that time, I was starting UCLA, and I applied to Epion, which is at that time was one of the largest Botox practices in the country. And I applied to an ad, and he didn't want to hire me at first because I was a student, but I was very persistent. I went into the interview. I wrote thank you notes. I called constantly, and finally they (laughs) hired me. And, um, and I dove in and I never had a formal training program at, at that time. This was 2005. There wasn't, I mean, the amount of education that there is now, it was not available back then. And so it was the rep coming in and doing maybe a two hour little session with you on 
the five injection points for Botox Cosmetic, and that was it. And so I shadowed uh, Dr. Orion, and who is um, the owner of Epion, and I shadowed him a lot, and he trained me on injecting Botox. And I would see 30 patients a day, um, <laughs> back to back, just doing Botox, doing some filler. I started actually uh, with Radius. That was the first filler because I think the only hyaluronic acid out at that point was Restylin. And so um, I remember actually being part of the split face trial with Restylin and Juvederm when they both came out. So that was kind of exciting. Oh, wow. But that's awesome. It was really cool. That and, is so but cool. all of this, the, the market was just emerging at this point and there weren't any mentors. There wasn't anyone to look look to except physicians. There weren't any, um, you know, injectors really at that point, except I can think of Rand Rusher was around, Leslie Fletcher was around and, you know, those were kind of the go-to people, but social media wasn't really big at this point either. So resources were limited for sure. Um, but I, I stayed there for three years and I fell in love with aesthetics. And I actually remember Dr. Orion saying, why would you ever go into gerontology when you're making so many people happy doing this? And it really changed, you know, my whole thought process. And I realized in hindsight, my whole life was always focused on making people feel better. I used to love doing makeovers on my friends and on my mom's friends and doing hair and makeup and always making people feel more confident and better about themselves. So this really fell into I, what I feel like is my purpose in life, and it's to inspire, to guide, and to really instill confidence into the people that surround me and help people lead the lives they want to live. And you do that by feeling confident. And, and so I stayed there for three years, met my husband, and we were, I think we'd been dating maybe a month and we were on a walk. And he said, you know, I've always wanted to run an aesthetics practice. And I said, well, I've always wanted to have my own practice. And so <laughs> we started Skin by Lovely four months after we dated. Oh, my God. We started dating. The odds of that happening. Exactly. We were engaged two months later and we barely had a wedding. We had to elope because we couldn't afford anything because we had no money. We would put everything into building Skin by Lovely. And, um, and we thought it would be this small little practice in Santa Monica. That's where we were. Okay. We thought it would be just us. And then we decided we wanted to have a baby. And so I had to hire people to help cover maternity leave. And it's just grown from there. It's kind of crazy. So first location was Santa Monica. How did you guys branch into Oregon? So I'm from Seattle, okay. born and raised in Seattle. And my dad actually was sick. He had cancer and I have 11 brothers and sisters. I have a massive family. Oh, wow. So I wanted to be close, but not too close. Mm -hmm. And um, I had friends in Portland and we came up and visited quite a few times and we fell in love with the city. And I really did not want to raise my kids in LA. I wanted to raise them in the Northwest, um, similar to, you know, just the green trees and the way that I grew up. And so that was kind of, there weren't any, uh, practices like Skin by Lovely, there there wasn't a lot of competition in this area. And so we thought, oh, let's start a second practice up there. And then, and then it just kind of took off and we fell in love with it. 
Well, that's awesome. I haven't been to the Santa Monica location, but I've been to your two Oregon locations and they're amazing. Your staff there are amazing. And it was just probably the best training that I went to um, in terms of in terms of like hands-on trainings. So, Oh, good. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you I put all of our directors through that training. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> tell everyone because, um, I mean, I only just started in the industry, but um, I get a lot of DMs about like, how do you get into the industry? So with you having this, being one of the original people that really started the industry, I mean, I'm sure you're getting bombarded with so many messages and so many just, how do I do it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I get some, it's interesting. I think I'm not a huge social media person. So I have a love and hate relationship with social media. So if you see my social media, it's more fashion and food. It's not really aesthetics. And it's because I really love all aesthetics, right? Mm-hmm. Which is fashion, food, the way things look, you know, design. I love all of it. And so, you know, as you've seen, and I'm sure you follow, there's the the educational piece and the journey, it's out there. Like there's so many wonderful people that do a great job, um, you know, sharing educational pearls and things like that on aesthetics. So I used to get a lot more DMs. I don't as much anymore, which is okay. Um, Because I think there's so many wonderful resources via social media. Yeah. I love that you also um, started Injection U, um, just going through all of those courses. And I mean, not being able to train with you one-on-one, but having you had taken the time to um, uh, record all of those videos. So we were basically learning from you. Um, Amazing. And then um, when I trained with Jessie Barron, obviously she had trained with you too. So just have great things to say about Injection U. Thank you. Yeah, I love Injection U. It's, we should have started it years ago because we, so we love bringing on injectors without any experience, brand new people. And it's because we like to train people in our style of aesthetics. And we found that when we've hired people with experience that we don't like some of the habits, some of the maybe style maybe is not as natural or the techniques maybe aren't as safe. And so we love training people brand new. That's kind of our, our thing. That's our, that's our skin by lovely way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's awesome. So I'm sure that my listeners would want to know coming from like a business owner's perspective and someone that is trying to hire new injectors. And like you said, you want someone that actually doesn't have any experience. How can someone Mm -hmm. stand out or what kind of like things can they do to prepare to kind of I don't know, impress you and, um, I don't know, be a good candidate. I just, because nowadays there's so many nurses trying to get into this industry and the market's becoming Mm -hmm. so saturated that I think it's really, I mean, I had a hard time standing out. And so I'm sure there's lots of other people that are like that as well. I think for me, I'm a little old fashioned. So I think persistence, I think showing that you have a desire and a passion for aesthetics by taking classes. Like if you're taking Injection U, um, I know a couple, or uh, Katya, one of our nurse, nurse practitioners, went to Melissa's, uh, Melissa Burke, um, her program, her Crafted Beauty. So it use like making the investment into training, I think is really important, but also just persistence. Like I think about you know, when I got hired at Epion, he didn't want to hire me, but I was so persistent. And I think the people that have risen to the top that we brought on have usually applied like a year or two before 
And we're just persistent in checking in with our managers, writing thank you notes for shadowing. I mean, I love the old fashioned manners. I, <laughs> I think that yeah. I think that makes a huge difference. And we actually are new providers. We have them write thank you notes to new patients that come in also. So I love I, I love that part of manners that has kind of gone away these days. Oh, I love that. I um, have been doing like thank you emails and follow up emails. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I also agree. Um, I did a lot of thank yous and just being a, very annoying and persistent, I guess. Persistence a better Good. word than saying <laughs> I was annoying, but I probably annoyed the crap out of Melissa. <laughs> Well, and that's that's great. I mean, you're you're working there now, right? Yes, yes. Which is amazing. So it worked. It paid off. And I think what happens in aesthetics that I see is that people want to dabble in it a lot. They don't want to give up their regular nursing gig, but they think it'd be fun to get into aesthetics. And the reality is we only hire full-time providers because I want someone in it and, you know, eating, sleeping, drinking aesthetics because that's what makes you good. You have to do it all day long. You have to do it for many, many hours. It's the 10,000 hours thing. 10,000 hours makes you an expert. And so we want our providers to get to that 10,000 hours as fast as possible, which is seeing a lot of patients and being totally um, enveloped in our in the aesthetic field and community. Okay. So do you think, so with that 10,000 hours, is that kind of the mark for you where you felt super confident, super comfortable? Or do you remember like kind of when you were starting out, how many patients it kind of took you to just feel like I got this, like, let's do it versus, you know, being that novice injector. I think it's three solid years of working full time. So that's 30 to 40 hours a week. And I think it's three years until you start to feel confident. I think if you feel confident earlier than that, then you're probably a little too confident because the thing is that industry is changing rapidly. And, you know, back in the day when I was injecting, we were only putting filler in nasolabial folds. I mean, think (laughs) of how that changed. You know, everyone was looking like monkeys back then. (laughs) So the fact that we can create these beautiful outcomes now, I'm constantly learning, you know? I mean, you should always be open to learning and never think you have it down because you need to have a little of that, you know, pit in the bottom of your stomach as you're injecting a temple or a tear trough because you want to be so careful and so hyper alert that you're not going to do any harm to your patients. For and sure. So, but I think three years until you feel the confidence in your ability to speak to patients and to educate them. Okay. Yeah. The art of assessment and consultation, for sure. I'm learning there's, that's a whole nother specialty almost in itself. (laughs) It is. And it's interesting in aesthetics, you have to be like this. It's a psychology. It's mostly psychology. There's artistry, of course. Um, And then there's some math and physiology and all that other stuff all mixed in it. But it's a lot of psychology because you really are creating this beautiful relationship with this patient that you hope lasts many, many years. And so you have to develop that trust in the first couple appointments. And, um, and that's really learning about the psychology of your patients and what they're looking for. And, you know, the reality is you may have a wonderful outcome, but if the patient isn't happy, it wasn't a great treatment. Right. 
I think that that was really great advice. I also think it's really important for the listeners to hear that even you who have been in the industry for 17 years, you are still learning. You're still taking new classes, reading up. Like the learning never really stops in medicine in general, but especially in the aesthetic industry. It's booming. It's growing. It's never been as big of an industry as it is now. And you know, what I hope and I what I hope you can spread the word on this also is, you know, the OG providers, aesthetic providers like myself, who've, who've been around a long time, we worked so hard to get ourselves to be um, appreciated and respected in the aesthetic field. When we started, plastic surgeons said nurses should not be injecting there was a lot of just a lot of um, roadblocks that we hit constantly and we weren't invited to advisory boards and all sorts of things. And so we have earned this place of respect. And sometimes I worry a little bit these days that there's a group of people in aesthetics that make it like a sexy, fun, you know, thing when it's when it's a real medical, these are real medical treatments that we're doing. And they're not superficial. They're not fluffy. This is like deep psychology. Um, this is like um, really meaningful, meaningful work that we're doing. Oh, 100%. I, so what would you say to the person that wants to get into the industry because they saw it on TikTok or it just looks fun? Because like you said, it's these are medical procedures. And I think a lot of the time they get them confused with you know, going to your hairdresser or going to get your nails done because mm-hmm. there's just that, I don't know, the mis- like misinterpretation that it's just fun and anyone can pick up a needle and do Superficial. it. Superficial. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that you should do your due diligence and research it and shadow like, you know, as much as possible. And I think if you can shadow a lot of consultations and see how challenging it is in a consultation to actually educate the patient, make them feel safe and comfortable um, with any possible outcome, um, then maybe that would open up their eyes a little bit more. But um, I think a lot of people maybe go into training and start in it and don't succeed because, because they realize how intense it is. We had actually, we had a nurse very short term that actually realized it wasn't the right field for her. Um, I think a month in because of the psychology of it. And yeah, I think she was thinking it was much easier than it is. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Um, In terms of kind of where the industry is going now and Um, with nurses injecting. Um, I know you have your master's. Do you think that people trying to get into the industry now as nurses should go on and get that advanced practice degree? I don't think you have to. I think that's just a personal decision. You definitely have a lot more freedom with it. The one thing I would advise all people, all nurses going into this industry, I would advise them to not open a practice on their own until they have a lot of experience if that's their goal, because you need to work with a team like skin by lovely We're a community and we rely on each other and we help each other out constantly with patient situations. And, you know, if there's any sort of, um, you know, vascular event, we're all here as a team. I get very, um, I'm very scared with a lot of providers wanting to, after a couple courses, starting a practice on their own. 
I think that's, it's not wise. You need a community around you to be a really good injector and a really good provider. So, and in terms of RN versus NP, I don't think it really matters. It just depends what your future goals are. So we have a lot of RNs. We have a lot of nurse practitioners. We have PAs. We have uh, naturopathic physicians. And our RNs, a few of them are getting their master's. But in terms of what they're allowed to do in office, it's pretty much the same thing. Right. You know, our RNs just have to work under protocols and orders from from the LIPs, from the NPs or MDs. Right. Do you think that the industry is kind of headed that way, though, where they're going to maybe take that privilege away from nurses? I don't think I don't. I mean, I I think it's state by state. So um, in California, actually, they passed a law where NPs will finally be autonomous and independent in 2024, I think. So that's amazing strides in the right direction. I don't think they'll take it away from RNs. I know in Oregon and the Northwest, medical assistants are allowed to inject um, neurotoxins and fillers and estheticians were, and they did, I believe, change the law. So estheticians are not allowed to inject them anymore. Yeah, I think you're right on that one. Yeah. And then, but MAs, I mean, that's kind of scary, right? A little bit. Yeah. I just, even even as in nursing school, you, once I started diving into everything aesthetics, you don't learn anything (laughs) in terms of aesthetics in your nursing school, in the hospital, anything like that. Like this is a very specialized specialty and you really have to take the time to learn all of it. And I will share with you, when I first started, do you think I had any idea the planes of skin I was injecting into? I didn't. (laughs) There was no, there's no, there was no anatomical training either. And I think even the physician I work for didn't know. I mean, I remember actually, when I think back, I remember I definitely caused a vascular occlusion and I had no idea what it was. You were just like, this was not right. (laughs) Yeah. They peeled a little bit and like, that was it. But I mean, really scary. We were, we just didn't have that. There were no training programs set up. So, I mean, I, Aesthetic Advancements is the training company that I worked for many years ago and they're still around today and they're excellent. But I think when I started working for them, then I was like, oh my gosh, what have I been doing? Because I mean, they're, they're just, I didn't know. I just didn't know. So you all are so lucky to have as many educational opportunities today. Oh, for sure. Oh, I do have to ask you just because um, Melissa says the exact same things. She's just like, the things we did back then, we would never do now, but we just didn't know. Um, back mm-hmm. then, um, were you self-injecting just because, I mean, it sounds like all most of the providers that started way back when, they that was kind of what they were doing. They don't do it now, but back then it was just kind of like, all right. <laughs> So I did my own Botox. I did my own Botox. Now I would never do that. And actually what I do is I rotate between every single one of our 20 providers for my injections. I rotate through every single one to show patients and the community that they're all exceptional and that I trust them with my face. So I rotate through everyone in our company. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have anyone. And I remember... um, one of my first hires, this uh, nurse named Marissa, um, who's with, with me for 10 years, she's amazing. She 
was the first person who ever injected me with Botox besides myself um, after I trained her. So, yeah. That is just it's, so crazy uh, with everything that we just, know now. Discuss the doctors, which is kind of funny, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, yeah. I guess for your perspective now, I guess where do you see the industry going? Um just with, I mean, everyone trying to get into it and med spas popping up like their candy stores. Um, Mm -hmm. Does that make you nervous at all? Just because I feel like with the lack of certification programs and the people that are doing the one course and then buying their own product and just going with it, do you find that? I think, yeah, I guess I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Patients are becoming more savvy to what a good injection is um, and what a not so good injection is. And I think um, the more awareness and nor- the more normalized aesthetics become, the, the better off we all are. Um, and I think the trend is, I feel like the trend hopefully is becoming more natural. I know um, lips were kind of getting out of control. I do worry about the social media trends that people kind of follow. Like it was the Fox eye and the, um, the Russian lips and like all this stuff. I worry about newer injectors being like, Oh, that's, that's what I'm going to learn and start doing when they're really ugly looking. The outcome is really ugly. Like it's just not natural. The longevity Um, of it too. And the migration and all of it. Exactly. Yeah. The side effects down the road from all these things. But I hope, um, I hope as more education is available that the market shifts into not glamorizing faces, but just like really helping the community know that if you get Botox and you get dermal fillers, you can still look really beautiful and really natural and have expression. And I think, you know, I think the offices that don't create wonderful outcomes just won't have as many patients coming in and will probably go out of business. So I don't worry too much about, you know, inexperienced people popping up offices because I don't know that they'll succeed necessarily because patients, patients, I think are savvy and more educated than they've ever been. And they know what a good outcome is. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. That's all kind of encouraging just because, I mean, even at our practice here, we're seeing a lot of um, people that come in from other clinics or doing like Botox parties or filler parties and coming in almost botched or, you know, needing to dissolve and or just coming in with bad experiences. So that's good to know that people are, you think that people are becoming more educated on their own, which I'm sure that's from social media and just having access to really everything your fingertips. Yeah. And I think the people that, you know, will go to a Botox party because it's cheap or whatever and have a botched outcome will never do that again. Right. Right. I mean, that's kind of the positive. Yes. Hopefully (laughs) that's the positive of what we can do is provide exceptional service to our patients, provide exceptional education to everyone that comes in the door so that they know what good looks like. And, you know, the fact that, when they're out and about, people aren't like, dear Lord, what did you do with your face? They're like, wow, you look so great and so well-rested and all those wonderful compliments that we like getting. Um, And, you know, I hope as it becomes more normalized that 
natural looking aesthetics becomes more normalized also. Right. I feel like filters and um, it seems like the movement has just, it's been all over social media. So I'm sure that you've seen it. It's just kind of that whole alienation that we're almost achieving sometimes when we are Mm -hmm. overfilling and we're not looking like human beings. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. I like, I mean, Dr. Harris, that's probably who you're referencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I love him. I think he, he is really creating this movement. And I think, you know, his social media is a wonderful platform for showing injectors what, what good really looks like and what our goals should be. Right. I mean, I think in my practice personally, I'm not someone, I don't tend to get the 21, 22 year olds who want their lips really huge. My patients are in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and they just want some of their bone structure back, you know, some structure, some support. And I think if we can rephrase, just change our terminology when we're educating patients into, you know, not fluffy lips and all this stuff, but more, let me just provide the structure and, you know, a little bit of the, the, um, re you know, enlarging, not enlarging your fat pads. That doesn't sound good, but you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We just want to like revolumize, revolumize, revolumize yeah. in a revolumize in a very subtle way. And so I think, you know, if we can, our job as excellent clinicians is to just provide really good education. And so as, as much as we can just hone in on that and, you know, and not worry too much on what's going on outside of our own practices, um, because all we can change are, you know, the things right in front of us and just provide really good service. And, you know, you are in a great office. Melissa is wonderful and she's so talented and so experienced. And I think what you're doing with this podcast is excellent too, because you're educating people, but you're also going to produce really beautiful outcomes on your own because of all the knowledge that you've gained and the training that you've gained. Oh, thank you. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to just chat with me today. I think that um, my listeners are really going to enjoy this podcast and just all the different things that we touched on. Um, so in terms of having um, people come follow you and all of that, where can they find you on social media? What's the best way to kind of hear about injection new courses and that kind of thing? I would follow um, at injection you um, on Instagram. And then mine is the lovely guide, but it's really not that much um, uh, aesthetic medicine posts. <laughs> but if you just want to follow me in my outfits, then you can follow me. But skin by lovely um, also our Instagram, we have amazing before and afters and all of our injectors are so excellent at posting their own before and afters and little educational pearls. Um, but injection you, um, if you're interested in, um, attending a course, then you can just DM our injection you and, um, and we'll let you know we have lots of upcoming courses. I think we have like 15 this month. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Well, I'm sending everyone Mm -hmm. who is asking about courses your way. So and I Thank also you. have to say that um, I do love your lifestyle, like Instagram, and all of your all of your <laughs> outfits are so cute, and all the food that you post looks so good. So <laughs> I love cooking, so that's another passion of mine. So you'll see, the older you get, like you just you just have all these different 
you know, passions and things that you want to do. So it's pretty exciting. Well, that was a wrap on episode two, beauties. Thank you. Thank you, lovely, for being the first official guest on the podcast. Um, I appreciate your time and just all the insight you had about the industry. Um, I think that my listeners are really going to enjoy this episode. So just thank you. Thank you. To stay up to date on future podcast episodes, you can follow the podcast Instagram at aesthetic.chatwithkiki or my aesthetic Instagram, which is at aestheticnurse.kiki. All right, beauties, until next time. Bye.